Chapter 33. The following Friday, Holly sat next to me and nodded toward the recorder. My own hands were sweating as I pressed the button and looked up at the others. I was surprised how nervous I was. No one had ever said, don't talk about your dad. But for some reason, I had buried the story deep, and now I was going to tell it. To my friends. I kept saying that again and again in my head. They're your friends, Haley. They're your friends. But just as I turned on the recorder, Esteban said, I have another poem from my poppy. And Amari said, yes. And Holly nodded at me. Esteban climbed down from the window seat and pulled the poem from his pocket. It was as wrinkled as his uniform. I have to keep it on me, he said. Crazy baby cousin always takes my things and messes with them. I put the other poems up on a shelf, but he can climb. Esteban smiled and shook his head. He looked tired but happy as he unfolded the poem, holding the page at its edges. His hands trembled as he read first the Spanish and then, more slowly and beautifully, the English. And when the darkness came and the night felt like it wanted to swallow me, the echoes of lights out was thrown back at the guards in so many beautiful languages that it sounded like the song the world has been trying to teach us since the beginning of time. He folded the po poem carefully and put it back in his pocket. It means that there are all type, all of these different kinds of people in the detention with my poppy. And when the guards tell them that it's time for lights out, they all yell back in their own language. So my poppy hears all the languages and it's like they're singing him to sleep. Esteban touched the pocket with the poem in it. That's all I have to say for now. He climbed back onto the window ledge and wrapped his arms around his legs, resting his head in his knees. After everyone told him how beautiful the poem was, I stood up. I want to talk now, I said. You guys have all told your stories about your families, and there's a story I haven't told you. I looked over at Holly, and she nodded again. It's about my life. It's about my father. Esteban turned to me. And my mother, I said, my voice cracking. It's about what happened to me when I was little and when I first met Holly's mom, Kira. Chapter 34. The first time I met Holly's mom, I was seven years old, and Holly and I had only known each other for a few months. Kira, Holly's mom, had asked my uncle about doing my hair, and he agreed. No, he hadn't agreed. He nearly jumped into her arms before she could even get the words out. So the first time I was at their house, when I was sitting in their kitchen, my hair washed and dripping into a towel, and Kira asked about my full name, about my family. The rest of the group got so quiet, I stopped talking. My throat felt like it was closing up. You got this, Red, Amari said to me. His smile loosened the words. I look at Holly hopelessly. It's okay, she said. I'm here with you. I can help if you need me. Everyone nodded. I smiled at her, relieved, and Holly put her arm around me. The thing I've never told you guys is that my dad's in prison. Your dad's in prison? Tiago and Amari said at the same time. I nodded. For what? Tiago asked. Did he rob somebody? He was driving, I said slowly. He was driving a car. My mother was in it. The room felt like it was breathing for me. As I told the story of the incident, accident, Esteban's eyes filled and Ashton put his head down on his hands. 
When I got to the part about my father running home to for my uncle's help, Amari said, geez, Red, I didn't know. He said it quietly, almost under his breath. But in the words, there was so much love that it felt like he was reaching across the circle and hugging me. Holly was holding on to my hand now. Is he in jail for life? Amari asked finally. And plus, I'm sorry about your mom. He's going to be coming out soon, I said. I'm not exactly sure when. This is too deep, Amari said. No wonder you're so quiet. Red, you all kinds of still water. When I met Kira, she asked me about my people, and I told her my mom died. I waited for her to say something like, I'm so sorry, or you poor baby, or oh, sweetie, but she didn't. She was combing my hair at the time, and she stopped for a minute, and her hand got real shaky. I remember you told my mom that your mom died when you were three, Holly said, and that you didn't remember her. My mommy's still with us, Esteban said, and I feel lucky for that. But why was her hand shaky, Ashton said. Was she feeling sad for you? No, Holly said. That's the crazy part. She jumped up from her seat and then sat down again real fast and started tapping her feet like I wasn't telling the story fast enough. Tell them, Haley. I'm trying, I said. Kira asked me if I was Beryl Anderson's child, and I told told her Beryl was my mom. Your moms knew each other, Amari asked. That's wild. Yes, Holly said. It's really wild. Our moms were pregnant together. When my mom told us that, I was like, wait, what? You and who and what? I laughed. But your mom just ignored you, I said. Kara came around the chair and crouched in front of me. Her face was all worried and sad, and it was happy too, remember? Holly nodded. She brushed my hair back away from my forehead and said, your mom and I used to go to Tom's Diner over on Washington after our Lamaze classes. We'd order so much food, the waitress would always ask if someone was joining us. And then Kara laughed. And I remember I wanted to laugh too, but my heart felt like it was competing with my tongue for space inside my mouth. So I just whispered to Kira, you knew my mother? I stopped talking. It was hard to tell the story, but it wasn't hard. It felt like everyone in the room was leaning in and listening and really caring. Felt like everyone around me wanted everything to turn out all right. We got you, Red, Amari said quietly. You know that, right? I nodded, smiled at him, and continued. Kira told me how much I looked like my mother and how, when she first saw me, she thought maybe it was possible, but it was too much of a coincidence. But Brooklyn's small when you think about it, right? Everybody nodded. It must have been like like a resurrection, Ashton said. Like here was somebody that could answer your questions. Yes, I said. That's so true. I had a million questions. There were like a million conversations I'd had in my mind with my mother. But the first thing I asked Holly's mom was what, was what stuff my mom loved. I remember she looked really sad then. And I said, I was like she was going to back to being with my mom and remembering everything about it. She thought for a long time, then finally said, your mom loved to laugh. Even when things felt like they were falling apart, she found a way to laugh. I wanted to, add, to ask what made my mom laugh, but I didn't. For some reason, knowing that she loved laughing was enough for that moment. What about your dad? Esteban said. Did Kira know your dad too? I shook my head. She never met him. 
Kira said once she and my mom became friends, they had like their ladies thing going on. Like my mom with her girls, Amari said, eating all that food after going to spin class. Women are crazy. Both me and Holly said, hey, at the same time. Amari threw his hands up. You know, I'm just messing with y'all. Tell me about that sun, about the sun, Holly said, the magic. Oh yeah, there's a high window in Holly's kitchen, I said, and this crazy thing happened. The sky, like it shifted and everything got bright. And Kira laughed and said that she and my mom used to always talk about the light, how they thought light shifting was the dead sending us messages, love messages. She said that every time the sun goes behind a cloud and then comes out again, that's a message from the other side. I look over at Esteban. He was staring up at the sky as though he was waiting for the sun to send him a message. He had one pocket hand in his pocket and I knew he was touching his poem. For the whole time that Kara was braiding my hair, I said she talked about my mother, what she remembered, how they lost touch, how she heard about the accident. I told her all about my uncle and how he made me laugh and how he always told me that my laugh reminded him of my mom. I stopped talking. No one said anything for a long time. Holly smiled at me and nodded, giving me a thumbs up. I felt lighter, free somehow, like I'd been carrying the weight of that story in me, not even knowing it was heavy, like so many bricks had been lifted off of me. Esteban was hugging his legs again, but he was watching me now. Your story makes me think that I'm happy my poppy's alive, Haley. I mean, because of your story, I can feel some hope. Because no matter what, we're going to see him again. He didn't die, and that's good. Even if everything has to change to be with him again, at least I could be with him again, right? We all nodded. He's still writing poetry, Esteban said, and breathing. He looked at me. Even though it's kind of sad what happened and everything, he feels happy too, that we have each other. Like that thing Miss Laverne said about how we have to harbor each other, you remember? I nodded. I feel like your story does that. You're my same age and you have to be strong for your dad. It makes me feel like I can be strong too. And everybody else said, yeah, me too. For real. Chapter 35. I turned off the recorder and put it back in my knapsack. It was almost three o'clock, but just like most Fridays now, none of us moved. We started ignoring the three weeks the time three weeks ago. It was strange to remember that we'd come into this room confused about why we were here. Now we could barely remember a time when we weren't here. Hey, Amari said, since we all doing some sharing, before we all bounce for the weekend, I want to show you something. He opened up his drawing pad and we all leaned toward him. I've been copying some of these comic book guys, Amari said. I got some sweet characters. I'm going to put all of y'all in here too. It's going to be so, so tight. It's like my brain is frying with ideas. Amari had the biggest smile on his face that I'd ever seen, which made the rest of us smile and look through the comics. Even me and Holly went over to see what the four of them were getting all excited about. Some people try to hate on comics, but they get you inspired, you know? Amari said, it's like, man, like, look at this guy. He opened a Black Panther comic, and the Black Panther was big and black and strong on the page. Outside the art room window, the schoolyard was bright and cold. The strange thing is, I don't remember any other sound but Amari's voice. There must have been kids playing. There must have been yelling and laughter and horns blowing. But none of it comes back to me. 
just Amari's smile, his comic books, us gathering around him. Like, what if the Black Panther was just a kid in this school, he said. Just a regular kid. That's what I was thinking last night. Every comic book hero used to be a little kid in school once. So what if kids like us are the superheroes, right? The real superheroes. Amari was talking fast. The other boys were nodding as he turned the pages of the comic books. Like Esteban, Amari said, who's the D Dominican Superman? I mean, we got Miles Morales. He's the Puerto Rican Superman. We got Tiago covered, but Ashton, who's the superhero whose dad works at Key Food? And like for me, who's the guy who doesn't get to play with guns, so he has to find another way to destroy? Amari looked at me. Haley, I got you too. Superhero, superhero girl who lives with her uncle. I got you too, Holly. Your richness is your superpower. I waited for Holly to get mad at Amari for calling her rich, but she didn't. She was even smiling a little. I'll take it, she said. Just hook me up with a nice cape. We must have headed out soon after that because all I remember is walking down the hall and out into the schoolyard together. We walked slowly, still talking. Chapter 36. What do you think your superpower would be? Holly asked me as we waited for Kira to pick us up after school. Someone had drawn a hopscotch game just outside the schoolyard fence, and she started jumping up the numbers, then turning and jumping back down them again. I had just been wondering that myself, wondering who the superhero is with a dad in prison. I don't know, I said. What about you? I'd want super focus. Super be stillness. I'd want to sit like a statue for hours and hours and be like a sponge. Everything anyone said to me would get soaked right up, and I'd be the most brilliant person ever. But you're so smart already, Holly. Even if you can't sit still. But imagine if I could. Then I would be even smarter. I'd probably be graduating high school at like 13. But then you wouldn't be in school with me, I said. Oh yeah, that's right. Then I'd think I'd want us to have the same superpower. Maybe I'd want to fly, I said. Me too, she said. That's easy. Everybody wants to fly. But what else? I thought about my dad. There was a room in my brain where I was mad at him. Some days I opened that door and it made me so sad that I just sat for hours staring off at nothing. Those were the days Miss Laverne and my uncle and even Holly left me alone. Those were the days filled with gray light and cold, damp air. That was the room where I realized I couldn't forgive him. I think, I said slowly, I think I'd want to forget. Holly stopped jumping. Forget what? You know, about what happened between my mom and dad. I'd want to just imagine that I always had a dad, that I never had a mom. But you did have a mom. I know. You'd want to forget even the little tiny bit you know about her? Holly frowned, confused. It's not that. It's just I don't want to be sad and mad and think about it all. I just want to think about the good stuff. Then you want forgiveness, not forgetness, Holly said. Forgiveness, I thought. I want forgiveness. Standing there, I realized I'd first have to forgive my father. Not forget, but forgive. Holly started hopscotching again, just as Kira pulled up in the car.